Welcome to the podcast with a purpose with information and content meant to motivate, aspire and inspire you from romance author and host Chamira E. Fleming, but you can call her my welcome to an experience. This is the Purple Charm Experience. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Purple Charm Experience Podcast. I just want to say, if you are here, you are meant to be here for a reason, and thank you. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. I have a phenomenal show planned for you. I hope that you've enjoyed all of the episodes up until now, but today I want you to sit back Grab your sip, relax, and let's dive right into this episode. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Purple Charm Experience Podcast. I am your gracious host, Chamira E. Fleming, but you can call me my. As you all know, if you join the podcast on a regular basis, you know I love to start the podcast off with a motivational, aspirational, inspirational quote to get us all going. And if I don't have a a guest on, I definitely love to kick it off in that way. So today, I have a fabulous quote for you by Anne Frank. And it states, laziness may appear attractive, but work give satisfaction. Let's mull on that for a minute. Hang on that note for a minute. You know, we all have our our lazy days and our moments where we don't feel like doing a particular task. But when you are actively working towards a goal or towards some task that you're trying to complete, This quote says it all. It gives you that gratification, that satisfaction that you've you've done something worth doing. And so I guess the the message here today is don't get caught up in being lazy. Don't get caught up in allowing yourself to not aspire to something, some end result, some end goal. Always have a goal in mind, no matter what it is, big or small, always have something that you're working toward. That way you'll get some sort of satisfaction from your work. You know, it could be as small as taking out the trash or, you know, completing that workout that you've been telling yourself that you're going to do. Allow yourself to have some sort of satisfaction from your work as well as even if it gives you like that instant instant gratification from completing it, at least you know that you put in the effort and um, to get that that item or that thing that you were working that you wanted to get done done. You know, laziness is not a virtue. It is not a quality that you want to aspire to. None of us want to aspire to laziness. You know. It's only supposed to be temporary. You know, laziness is 
something you should experience on a rainy day when there's nowhere to go and you've done all your chores or all the things around the house that you needed to get done. You completed all the work that you needed to get done and you've earned that moment in time to be lazy. It's not something that you should aspire to or to uh, to continue to dwell in or live in um, on a day-to-day basis. You know, working, being active, having a goal is something that you should be aspiring to, something that we should all be aspiring to. So I leave you with that today and hopefully that this this quote speaks to you in some sort of way to to get active and to ensure that everything that you're doing is giving you some sort of satisfaction. The work and the effort that you're putting in each and every day is building upon some sort of legacy, is building upon some sort of um, foundation that you're going to leave behind one day and that that work gives you some sort of gratification and satisfaction from being Uh, that you were able to get it done. So I leave you with that. And with that said, um, let's get into our sip of the week. What's up, everyone? And welcome again to the podcast. This week, I'm excited because... You know, I am back with a a great sip for you. Um, I'm looking forward to sharing a sip, this sip with you, because um, I've I've had some really great sips over the past few weeks. And um, although um, I have these sips, I also had some really amazing guests. And so I haven't been able to share with you what I've been sipping on because of that. Um, because I really wanted to give you all a chance to digest the information and the conversation that I was having with my amazing guest over the past few weeks. But with that being said, I'm back with a, an amazing uh, wine for you this week. And I'm excited because um, I sipped this wine recently um, and it is uh, called the Famille Bourgeois. Petit Klaus, and it's out of New Zealand in the region of Marlborough. Um, its ver- variety is Pinot Noir, and it's produced by Klaus, Klaus uh, Henry Vineyard. And um, one of the things I really loved about this wine is that, you know, I, I'm starting to develop a taste for or a palette for um, drier wines. I haven't necessarily been a fan of the Merlots and Zinfandels and or wines such as this in the past. Or I, I like Pinot Noir, but it, it, it's a it's a a different type. It's like a from a different region, um, and it's more balanced. I can't think of. The area that I'm thinking of, but I just know the taste when I taste it, if that makes sense. Um, This particular wine was a beautiful ruby red color, um, medium intensity and color. Um, On the nose, I could get 
aromas of black plum, black fruit, earthy, really earthy tones in this wine. Um, some of the tertiary aroma characteristics was leather that I, I noted on this wine. In terms of taste, it's definitely a dry wine. If you love dry wines, this is probably a good one for you. Um, it had lots of tannin. Um, I think I've said before, I've never really been, if I don't like a lot of tannins. I really like my wines more balanced. That's why I tend to uh, favor uh, Cabernet, Sauvignon, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon a lot better than most red wines because I know you can find some really great wines that are more balanced in that with that particular variety. But this one was pretty good. Um, I noted that it seemed like a light body wine. It wasn't very heavy. It didn't have like the oakiness taste. It wasn't opaque and, you know, in color, uh, really pronounced. Um, the, the, the flavored actually, well, the finish of the wine really lingered on after sipping. Um, my conclusion of the wine was that it was very good. Um, and I, I felt like the wine was, you know, relatively nice to sip. Um, I also noted that it was bone dry, very earthy, um, and that it had a beautiful ruby hue, as I stated before. And if you enjoy wines like this, um, that has that kind of com to put complexity that kind of builds over over the, the course of you sipping it, I think you might like this wine. Um, it's definitely one to try um i probably will get it again just so that i can taste it again and some of the 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 apps that i use the like delectable um this particular wine has some really great ratings in terms of uh other sippers that had tried this wine in the past and so um yeah i think uh, if you you know you have some really great uh like roast or um a really uh, meaty like a lamb or something like that it'll probably pair really well with um, some of those more gamey kind of uh, meats and heavier kind of of, of um, meal options so to speak so that's what I have for you this week and um, also I was supposed to be starting uh, my cocktails because we're getting into the fall and so as we close out the summer um, for September I, I had intended to start sharing more um, bourbons with you or whiskeys with you and so in addition to this one this week uh, this wine this week I have um, for you um, Woodford Reserve uh, Baccarat that I I just love Woodford Reserve. If you are a whiskey drinker or a bourbon drinker, you know that this is probably one of the one of the best ones to get. Um, it's very popular, and um, I tend to like to sip my um, my whiskeys over over ice. Sometimes I sip them neat, um, but this is definitely one that I I I think you should try. Um, definitely a good after dinner sip to have and um 
if you like it, please let me know. Drop me a note. Let me know. Um, if you don't um, and you have some other suggestions, please feel free to share. Um, I love getting um, suggestions so that uh, for things that I can try. So those are my sips for this week. Um, as always, please sip responsibly. And I will be back with another fantastic sip for you next week. Right, guys, I hope that you all have enjoyed um, my guest for Ask the Author. Um, I've really had a great time interviewing um, some of the recent guests that I've had uh, Lynn Hyde, um, JC Moore, uh, Brandon Massey. They are phenomenal, phenomenal authors, and they are doing amazing work in this, this, this field. And it's been such an honor and a pleasure to um, pick their brains and, and see how their their writing journeys have um, prospered and, and, and grown over the course of the years that they've been professionally writing and producing work as authors. And I am so grateful to them allowing me the opportunity to bring them on the show so that they can share their um their work and their their background with us all and so uh, shout out to them and if you haven't taken the opportunity to listen to those episodes um, please uh, check it out you can watch on YouTube and uh, you can also listen on your favorite streaming platform Um, you can watch from my uh, creative Calvary channel on YouTube and um, and yeah, just check it out and leave a comment, um, share with your friends and family, because um, these are uh, self-published authors, um, even though one, uh, um, no, they they have been traditionally published as well. But I think right now um, they're self-publishing. And, you know, I always talk about how difficult at times it can be for self-published authors just to, you know, get our work in front of our audience and um, all of the work that we're doing a lot of times it's just us it's not a team of people it's not a whole marketing department it's us doing um, all of the the marketing everything that you see that is produced to get that work in front of you um, is done by that author alone so uh, any support that you can give in terms of sharing by word of mouth and or uh, purchasing their books, um, I encourage you to do so because we need more Black authors um, to get their shine. You know, there are the the the, the traditional ones that um, that are celebrities that get you know the backing and people immediately flock to their work um, because they are who they are. And they have um, that that engine behind them to ensure that the support is there and that um, the work that they do and the books or what have you that they sell is sold. Um, but the the little guys, the the people who are the you know the ones that do this work from the goodness of their hearts and because it is just their God given talent and passion and gift to the world. 
to do this work. Um, those of us we, that have to do this on our own, we don't necessarily, you know, have that back in it. And so we're so grateful for any and anyone who sees our work and supports our work. And so I just ask you to, if you know um, of friends and family that will be interested in, in these children's books, um, thriller novels, um, you know, realistic uh, thriller uh, uh, novels that, you know, mirror our current political climate please support please support um even romance because that's where my genre is i ask you to um support us all because there's a there's a space for us all to exist and we just thank you for um you know the support that you did give us so with that said um i wanted to talk a little bit about um literary success and what it means to me how I how I picture it and for me I think having literary success doesn't necessarily mean that I'm a best-selling author Um, because right now I'm not I aspire to be one but I'm not one but what is the literary success to me means that I was able to self-publish my book my book is out there my work is out there three books are out there and you know there are people who know who I am um and I picture it as being something that grows over time I picture it as something that is organic and that um I can literally engage with the folks who appreciate my work and um grow into that success um maybe one day I will become a best-selling author. You know, I maybe I'll be here, maybe I won't, you know. Um but that's neither here nor there. I don't do that for the uh glitz and the glam of being a writer and an author. I do it because I know this is my purpose. I know God gave me this talent for a reason. And I know I have a voice and to share and things that I need to write about that's in my heart. And so that's why I do this work. Um, And I also wanted to talk about, you know, if I didn't do what I do, if I didn't write, which I don't write for a living, but if I didn't write, um, what would I probably do otherwise? (laughs) And that's a funny question because, you know, there are some authors who actually do write for a living and probably would do something else for work. And there are authors that have done other things for work and have used that as a, a way to catapult their writing. Like one of the things that I love about Mark Dawson, the thriller novelist out of the UK, is that he was formerly a, a lawyer and um, practicing law before he became a novelist, a thriller novelist. And he is does amazing work. And he uses that and ties that into his stories. Um, one of the things that I love about, you know, myself is that uh, in terms of how I, I navigate 
my writing career and other parts of my career is that I'm not a monolith. I'm not one thing. I'm not confined to one thing in life. You know, I've made it a point to explore every aspect of my interest that I possibly can. Whether that means that I do makeup, which I can and do, and have taken courses to um, become a cert, uh, um, not certified, but at least have that foundation of education back in me as a makeup artist. Um, I've also um, explored uh, graphic design, I've taken some courses there. Um, I have background in chemistry. But I say all that to say is that I feel like as a writer, if I didn't write for it at all, I would continue to explore every aspect of what the things that interest me. And I think that that we should all do those things. If there is anything that you enjoy doing, explore it, live it and do it in addition to other things that you're doing. You do not have to be confined to one thing or defined by one thing, you can have many interests and do many things. And so that is my message in terms of this week um, for Ask the Authors, because I think that um, some people get stuck on the fact that, oh, you have to do one thing and be good at one thing. No, you don't have to. You can do all the things and be all the things. So go after it and do it and do it with Ferber and Zill. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoy Ask the Author this week because, you know, it really um, did some good for me to actually take a step back and think about, you know, what literary success looks like, um, how I view it, and then also... um, You know, if I wasn't writing for quote-unquote a living or as, you know, something that I do do as part of like my moonlighting or spare time type thing that I'm trying to, that I enjoy doing, um, if I wasn't doing that, you know, what would I actually be doing? Um, And I'm glad that I spoke about it because it would be exactly what I am doing right now exploring and living my life um, on my terms and actually doing the things I enjoy doing. Um, And I'm proud of that. And I hope that that message stuck out to you um, as I um, spoke about it in the last segment. Um, Switching gears, I wanted to end on a, you know, on a note where... If you listen to the podcast, you know I love to give you a little bit of Prince history. I like to call them my purple charms. And this week, for you, I have a really great purple charm for you. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about how, you know, in the past, Prince's collaborations. Now, we've seen him do some amazing songs with some really fab artists over the years. I mean, 
He's written for uh, a number of well-known artists um, where he ghost wrote for artists where, you know, you really didn't find out until years later that he was producing or had written specific songs for artists. Um, he's had some amazing artists that have been featured on his albums or he's featured, he's, he himself has been featured on their albums and just has, has done some amazing work across the board with some, I mean, just incredible artists that have gone on to do, you know, incredible work on their own in their own right. And so, but one of the ones that really always stood out to me and that I always wonder why <laughs> um, they never really did anything because I really think that they probably could have made some amazing music together. And one of those artists was is that is is Michael Jackson. Now I just remember growing up, there was always like this 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 rivalry. I don't know if it was spoken or unspoken. I just remember it was always you either Team Prince or Team Michael <laughs> Jackson, and it was always why well, I gotta choose because I really like both of them. I got a crush on both of them. This is as a kid. I I definitely had a crush on both of them when I was a kid. But I always wonder why why we had to choose because they both was just amazing artists. But I always was hoping that, you know, at some point that they would break down and make some music together. And I don't think I ever, I don't think that ever happened. Nope, it never happened. Um, but I do remember um, him speaking to... Um, Prince speaking to Chris Rock in an interview, uh, probably in the early 2000s, when he spoke about um, the bad out, the bad video, and that he was supposed to be in the bad video, and he said uh, that the first line of the song uh, was "Your butt is mine." <laughs> he was like, "Now I sure know you ain't saying that to me, and I ain't saying that to you." So who are you talking to? And that one right there was just like it seemed like that stopped the whole the whole situation between him and Michael ever doing a, a video or a song together. But I say all that to say one of the biggest uh collaborations shuns that Prince did where you know he was such a shady guy. You know, he was the king of shade. Like he could literally just you know, give you a face or something and just shut you down. But this was the ultimate shade and shun that he did was when he turned down the offer duet uh, with Michael in the 80s and then also refused to perform on We Are the World. And anyone that lived, you know, if you lived there in the 80s, grew up there in the 80s, um... You know exactly what I'm talking about. And eighty the the song We Are World We Are the World was this famous charity record that was designed to raise money for people affected by famine in Ethiopia. And it had some of the biggest celebrities of the eighties on that track. I mean, you know, Lionel Richie was big with uh uh Hello, during that time, you know, you had Cindy Lauper, you had Bruce Springsteen, you had Quincy Jones, 
You had like everybody on that track. Everybody was in that video and Prince did not perform. Like it was like, it it, it was one of the weirdest things because if you were big in the eighties, you needed to be on that track or should have been on that track. And one of the things that, you know, had came out afterwards was that, you know, Prince really was not a fan of the track. Um, he did not want to be on it and he just didn't like it. And it said, and one of the readings that the articles that I read, it said that Prince, uh, hated the song and he wanted to look cool and felt like we are the world was horrible (laughs) is what the article said. According to Rolling Stone is what Wendy Melvoin, the guitarist, um, said, um, and you know, I feel like he probably, to me, it was probably one of those moments where I felt like, all right, you don't need to be a, a jerk about it. Quit being a, a, you know, immature about it and just do the, do the song, do the track. Like, you know, this is bigger than you, but he was, he did not give in. I would have liked to have heard him play his guitar on that song or something. Um, I do remember, um, I do remember him, um, actually, uh, on one of the award shows, I think it was the, um, the AMAs in the eighties where he actually was standing on the stage, just sucking on a lollipop. Uh, he refused to sing. And, um, I did also see in the, in the, 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 my, the article reading that I found was that it said that Prince was willing to play the guitar on the track and, um, Quincy Jones was not feeling it. Like he was like, we don't, we don't need him to play the effing guitar. And so, you know, I just think if everybody had just, you know, calmed down, quit letting their egos get ahead of them particularly Prince. Um, I think that song could have, they could have taken that song to the next level um, to something, you know, crazy, even, even more amazing than what it was. But I say all that to say is that, you know, there were a few times in his career where I really felt like, hey, you know, give a little, being, you know, all in your feelings and all in your ego and, 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 you know, be a team player, you know, (laughs) but also as a result of him doing that, uh, the controversy actually inspired a Saturday night live skit where they had spoofed the event and Billy Crystal ended up playing Prince and he led the song. I am also the world. (laughs) So there you have it. That's your Prince history for this week. A little purple charm for you to add a little, you know, purple light to your life. And um, I hope you enjoyed it. And if like, again, if you haven't checked out uh, the previous episode where I interviewed a phenomenal, prolific thriller author, um, Brandon Massey, please check it out. It was episode 13. 
Um, he is just amazing, doing amazing work. Also, episode seven and episode five. Episode seven features um, children's author and also uh, fiction author um, J.C. Moore. And uh, episode five features uh, author Lynn Hyde. Um, some amazing, amazing authors um, speaking about their work in the, 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 their writing journey. And actually I have another author that's going to be coming up in a couple of weeks. So if you enjoy listening to these authors, um, discuss their, their journeys and, and, and having these conversations, please tune in support by sharing with your friends and family, check out my website, www.creativecalfaray.com. Also, check out my YouTube page, uh, Creative Calfaray, and uh, my blog. I'm putting out motivational blogs every week. You can also pick up my merchandise if you like. I got t-shirts, uh, Motivate, Aspire, Inspire t-shirts. Please support uh, Rock My Gear. And um, also, subscribe to my Patreon page. Um, if you would like to get a shout out on, on the air, um, I am happy to do so. Subscribe to my page. There's some exclusive content on there that I'm sharing that you can't get anywhere else. Also, if you want to learn more about my fourth book that's coming out, check out episode uh, 12. That is an episode that I did with the Dialogue Doctor. Um, shout out to him, Jeff Elkins, host of a phenomenal podcast. Um, he's doing some great work with some phenomenal authors over there, um, sharing their, you know, their, uh, their approach to writing dialogue and their, their books. And he is giving them feedback and also helping them improve upon the way in which they approach dialogue and their writing. Um, he was phenomenal with me and shared some great work with, I mean, some shit, great, great feedback on my work. And so check out that episode. It's a, a, an awesome discussion with him as well. Um, also, just keep an eye out. I have a new article that's going to be coming out. Um, one of the magazines did on me, um, a profile on me. And so I'll be sharing that information soon. I'll be dropping it in my newsletter um, when it's getting ready to launch. Also, I'll drop it when it actually comes out too. So if you're subscribed to my newsletter, you'll find out more about that article and when it's going to be coming out before it actually hits. So please sign up for my newsletter, check out my blog, rock my gear, pick out my books and check out all of the episodes because we are on the move. If you like my sips, I'm also blogging about them weekly. So um, let me know what you think. Um, if you have suggestions, please feel free to share. And I hope you did not get bored by all the things that I'm bringing up right now. But I just want to let you know how you can stay in touch, stay engaged with me and all of the things that's coming up and coming out soon. So uh, without delay, I just want to say thank you for listening and I will see you next time. Hi guys, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Purple Charm Experience. 
I hope you enjoyed it. But in the meantime, in between time, I hope that you will also take a moment to check out my website, www.creativecalfrey.com, where you can find more information about me, my books, my merchandise, and more. Also, while you're there, I hope you, you will sign up for my newsletter by subscribing. If you also want to receive exclusive content and merchandise that pertains to this podcast, please sign up for my Patreon page by becoming a member. And finally, if you really enjoy listening to this podcast, please consider sharing with your friends and family. I appreciate it and they deserve to get this great information too. So until we meet again, I'll see you next time. Bye.